0: turn
1: turn 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 to the turn 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 the turn turn turn
0: Feeling much better. Felt a little bit under the weather yesterday, but we're back, back on the grind.
1: We're moving forward, absolutely. Oh, yes. You, I uh, think, did you change up uh, some of your records back there from last time? I feel like, like wow. yeah,
0: I actually did. I put the um, my uh, Igor one up there. I had my World on the top row. Put it down a bit. Uh, Schoolboy Q, back oh. left or right now, whatever it is. <laughs> and um yeah. Um I have a bunch more in the closet. I'm just gonna like alternate them like as I go. That's so
1: funny uh, you did. I was thinking about doing the same thing. I was like, I have the same records on like in the background all the time. I should just like you know change them up every every like
0: other yeah. like that. Whenever like- I change them, my subscribers are like, oh, you put a new record up. And I'm like, oh, they actually pay attention to that stuff, which is crazy.
1: <laughs> That's so cool. I love that. That's good that they notice. So yeah, we uh, we're back from we're for another album review, and yes. fresh off of a Kanye West Jesus Is King album review, which was a ton of fun. So uh, if anyone hasn't checked that one out, please make sure you uh, you go tune into that one. And I guess this is kind of a good transition from that and going into Kid Cudi. Uh, we're gonna review we're gonna actually a classic album review today. We're gonna do Man on the Moon Part One. Oh yeah! So excited to get into this to this album. And uh, so, yeah, like I said, seamless transition from Kanye to Cudi because, you know, Kanye was such an influential figure to Cudi. Uh, but I also, honestly, I think I would argue the, the same that Cudi is as influential or, or almost as influential to Kanye, I think, as, as uh, Kanye has been to Cudi. Uh, just based off the fact that, I don't know about you, but my first impression with Cudi was off that 808s and Heartbreak album that Kanye did. And I feel like he kind of took a little bit of Cudi's sound and, and made it his own and, and really like showed the world what this sound was. And then right the next year, we have Cudi dropping this this debut debut album, Man on the Moon.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually got uh, introduced to Cudi back in the seventh or eighth grade with it um, was a mixtape called A Kid Named Cudi so i've been so i've been bumping Cuddy for a while a while so um when he actually uh, dropped that debut project i was like oh oh yeah we're in for a treat um he definitely like progressed from that a kid named Cuddy into that album and onward so Cuddy definitely is a, a legend in it he's definitely a living legend for sure without oh, a doubt
1: there's no question that he's a living legend i mean he like I feel like he made a name for himself, like singing out of tune. Like he's like the guy yes. that like okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He obviously, like you're saying, huge influence to like the electronic and psychedelic and almost like cloud rap um, you know, industries really, or subgenres, uh mm-hmm. in hip hop game, no doubt. And you know this album really, we, we not only found out who Cuddy was as an artist, but just really as a person, I think that mm-hmm. grew up, I think at the same time as, as you and I did, I think that if you, when you heard here, especially if you were a hip hop fan at that time. So, you know, I'm talking you know, late two thousands, uh, really the start of high school for, for both of us, uh, this, this album was like, Really influential to I think a lot of fans, especially at that age, because he was oh, yeah. about so many you know themes that we'll get into
0: to, uh, in this review. That's exactly what he did on this project. Everything was very relatable, and I just like the just the overall just themes of the album, just the way um, everything matches his personal branding too. Especially with being a loner and just always being so out of this world and stuff like that. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, he totally, like, he he really gave us, he, he painted a picture, I think, with this album. Like, surf- oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. the aesthetic that he was able to create, I thought, with this album was one of the best that have been done maybe the last 10 or 12 years in hip-hop. Like, you literally feel like you're in out of space more yeah, often than easily. not. Easily.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's, it's pretty crazy. Like, it does i like I've, I've said this in the past about certain albums that like kind of take you somewhere mentally like this is one of those albums oh. like, yeah.
0: from top to bottom the whole album it's a journey it
1: really is and I want to say one more thing about uh real quick that that I was thinking about uh when I was kind of prepping for this for this episode is that it's I find it interesting that you know Kanye was able to pick Cuddy out uh and really he, he i just think he just had such a good ear for like you know what was going to be hot next and who was going to and what kind of sound we're going to was gonna, we're going to work uh at, in a specific time i think when you're looking at an album like 808s and heartbreak that was our introduction to Cudi, and then you saw Cudi explode and then you see like an album like yeezus with that had a lot of travis scott production that and then after that travis scott explodes so i just mm-hmm. i note that i thought i think obviously just going back to our review of kanye from uh last week with jesus is king just just to note how influential kanye is to this entire uh collective and these and, and it's funny to see it all kind of come full circle too with travis and uh and kid Cudi colla- uh, collaborating on the scots recently and and doing some uh, some music in the past on you know some of travis's work so it's, it's been really cool to kind of see all the influence between the three of them
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I also, um, today, uh, Travis Scott got his first... I mean, uh, um, Kid Cudi got his first number one on the Billboard Hot 100. He's never had one before. Can you... No, Cudi's never had one. I was shocked when I read it. I was like, wait a minute. Day and Night, was it number one? Soundtrack to My Life. Soundtrack to My Life was it number one? Dude, I I was... I was so shocked when I saw the news. I was like, I'm, when I was revisiting the album, I'm like, dude, all of these great songs, none of these songs were number one. Uh, it's crazy. Crazy to me. Is, I know. I know.
1: Scott's the number one song?
0: The Scots, yep. Really? I mean, I
1: like that song. It's not, no, nothing mm-hmm. against at
0: all, but damn. It's more Travis Scott than Kid Cudi, that song. That's why I'm kind of like, oh, it's not like a, a uh like a a proper cutty track exactly that got that number 1 placement but hey he he got it after how many years in the game 10 plus years
1: i can't even believe that.
0: I, I can't even believe it I either assumed,
1: I, I mean just staying power of some of these some of the songs we're going to talk about on this project
0: uh-huh
1: it's just you know like you said day and night Pursuit of happiness just an example mm-hmm. it. it's yes. unbelievable to me that none of those songs were ever number 1 that is unbelievable interesting fact
0: Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. Shocking me actually. Um, another th- another thing too is um, um during during the time like when Kid Cudi was, was coming up, I think electronic music played a massive, massive role in in his sound too. Especially uh bands like well not bands, they're like they're more of a duo, the duo MGMT. I don't know about you, but I, I love I love MGMT. I love their music. And I think that style of music, Cuddy was able to like bridge that gap beautifully.
1: Oh, no yeah. doubt about it. Project. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, he totally did. I mean, and, and like you saw the crossover appeal when a song like like I keep going back to Pursuit of Happiness because that is MT mm-hmm. is on. But you're right that there were so many crosses with the electronic scene. And I think that was the one that just like really popped for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of how, how iconic that song really became. But yeah, man, I, I, I thought that Cuddy used a ton, not even just of the electronic. Uh, he used a ton of, like I said a little earlier, like psychedelic sounds that were a lot, a lot of synths in 808s that were very atmospheric. I um, mm-hmm. loved in, in particular, I thought something that I think gets really overlooked with a lot of music, or a lot of Cuddy's music, I should say, is the use of the violins and the strings that he had, yeah. in, and especially the keys. that. Oh, it, yeah everything came together like you you heard some of the like the, especially on the violins you heard some of like that I don't want to call it gospel because it wasn't gospel but you could hear some of Kanye's hand on Cuddy, yeah. On Cuddy yeah. In, in, with, with, with some of the instrument uh, yeah for sure yeah you know, it's so. definitely
0: prominent on this project
1: oh for sure and then even just content wise I know there's just Uh, themes about mental health and and anxiety and just like your overall insecurities just as a human, Mm -hmm. I I felt like it just made for such a relatable, uh, relatable listen, even not only then, but now. I think that this album really aged well, most of it. I don't know about you, but I, I think when I, when I just recently went back to it, you know, to, I mean, I go back to it pretty frequently, quite honestly, but really for us to go back to it and review it, I felt like I was listening to it and I was like, yeah, like you could probably put this out today and it would be just as
0: big as it was then. Mm -hmm. Easily. It definitely aged very well. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I I revisit this project all the time and I don't do that for most projects that come out um, like more recent projects, but a project like this is it's, it's kind of the definition of timeless.
1: Yeah. I would agree with that. Like, I, I think that, the only other artist that was in, 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 uh, in the hip hop scene, especially uh, during our time that I felt like really creates such a nostalgic feeling is Cuddy and and honestly kids by Mac Miller, like, like Men on the moon and, and kids. I felt like those two albums, like you could point to any, I don't want to say stereotypical, but stereotypical high schooler in those years from anywhere from probably 2008 to 2012 range. So if you were in high school at that time, I feel like mm-hmm. you, you cross paths with one of these two guys at some point, whether it was your own, like listening or listening at, you know, with friends or, you know what I mean? Like these are these songs and these projects were so prominent. I felt like, and really, I think spoke to the, the kids that we were at the time. I think it really, it was like a voice of art for our generation.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, I, I just loved how painful but also, like, hopeful at the same time some of these songs ended up sounding. And this, this album is, yeah, I think by far a classic. Um, just real quick in terms for you, uh, what was, what's been your favorite Cuddy project to this point?
0: To this point? Okay. Definitely, this, def- definitely this album and definitely Satellite Flight. Okay, satellite flight. I don't. Not a lot of people like like satellite flight, but I think Cudi did a great job on that project.
1: That uh, that album flies
0: under the radar. It does. It does fly under the radar. It's kind of like Kanye West Yeezus, not because of like how experimental or crazy it is, just in terms of like it's the least favored out of all his projects.
1: Sure. Uh, for me. I feel like this one is probably my favorite of his as well uh, for a lot of reasons. I think that just track, track, you know, well, I guess we'll, we'll break down each track as we go, but uh, you know, I, I felt like a, there were so many tracks here that had so much replayability. I mean, not only now, but you know, obviously then and, and for the last yeah. time, essentially. And uh, the only other album full like album, I feel like from Cuddy though, that, I really liked front to back. Unfortunately, was Men on the Moon two, and since then, I just don't think he's been able to find it for me again. I know a lot of people liked Indicud. I thought that was. I thought there were some great moments on Indicud. I didn't find it through all the way through to be anything special. There were some great songs. Immortal was a was a phenomenal track. Just What I Am with King Chip was a fantastic. Uh-huh. Song. Uh, and then. Um, passion, um slaying and demon praying and demon slaying or whatever that 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 album was
0: a great comeback for him after just- It was a great comeback for sure. And I like his take on R and B too, like that dark out of this world R and B, which is what I thought it was. That's just what it sounded like to me. I thought he did a great job, but it's definitely it definitely doesn't compare to Man on the Moon or Satellite Flight for me, or Man on the Moon too, kind of, you know.
1: Yeah, he he got me with a couple of Andre three thousand verses, so that's that's always yeah. A, always, <laughs> as you can see right. That's oh a, yeah, always a way to get me. But uh, I agree with you. I think that it was a good ch- uh, t- really uh, return to form for Cudi mm-hmm. after just an abysmal album with Speeding Bullet, uh, Speeding Bullet to Heaven. That was I don't know what he was doing there. Uh, that was that was kind, I compare it to like that was Kanye's Yeezus, but it got, it was just so much like less well executed and like obviously way more scrutinized in terms of like getting such bad reviews like Yeezus was was in a sense uh polarizing but there were a lot of people that like uh, like you that swear by it and, and and I and I see why speeding bullet to heaven I, I I don't know if I could find anybody that swears by that album
0: <laughs> no 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 not at all the execution wasn't there there wasn't anything there wasn't like a narrative there wasn't anything to follow there was no real theme it was just a whole lot of noise and i'm someone who listens to all different types of music metal whatever anything as long as it sounds good i will listen to it that album was not audible at all he <laughs> just couldn't listen to it mm-hmm.
1: it wasn't listenable it wasn't listenable not at all but he, but he's done some experimental things in the past. Like I, I, I really did love that Wizard uh, project he did from way back. I don't know if you remember that one, and uh, and then he did a, I thought a really quick but solid project with uh, with Kanye with the Kids See Ghosts two years ago. I thought that was a really again another good term to form for Cuddy. So and then we're hearing like like we talked about earlier with a song like the Scots, and I know um, Leader of the Delinquents is getting some pretty good play up replayability from and and uh, you know solid praise from the crowd from his fans and just the crowd in general so I think you're seeing Cuddy start to kind of find himself again uh, and I don't know if you're a fan of Westworld but he's a bit of a he's a bit of an actor man have you ever seen that show on HBO no I've never seen it okay so my girlfriend and I were like we religiously like watch this show like every Sunday it actually just ended this past Sunday this this season finale but Cuddy played like a pretty nice supporting, supporting role in the, uh, in the show, man. He was in like four or five episodes. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. As, oh, yeah. And, and did, a, did a pretty nice job as, as an actor. I'm not going to... Wow.
0: The, man, the man,
1: right. man's got some range.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. He got some artistic range, not just in the, in the studio, not just in the booth. All right, then. Him
1: and Marshawn Lynch both were in this show as supporting roles. Wow. That's crazy, and this show is like has been getting critically acclaimed. It's it's like it's like one of HBO's new like hit series after like Game of Thrones is obviously done. Oh wow! It's like one of their, their more focused shows, so it's really cool that Cuddy got on as a, as an actor like this.
0: So. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Anyway, should we uh, should we get into get into the tracks here?
0: Track listing. Oh yeah.
1: So we have "Man on the Moon" by Kid Cudi. We're gonna review it track by track, just like we did with the Kanye West "Jesus Is King." Mm-hmm. The first track in this listing uh, is "In My Dreams." Uh, how did you feel that this album opened for you with this song?
0: I think it opened up very. I think it opened up very well. Um, now, in terms of like the lyrics, there was not really too crazy. in the lyrics, like, to die, somewhere. but I definitely uh, enjoyed the monologue by uh, Common if I'm not mistaken, by common just talking about being a free man, free thought, vulnerability, which is, which is some of the things that I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, that's, I felt like that's something that I dealt with and to be able to hear that from Cuddy, it was like, dude, I could be free. I could be whatever I want to be. I can follow my dreams, live out the life that I want to live out, stuff like that. So in terms of that aspect, I definitely enjoyed it. And just like what, what was being said on that track and in terms of the production i just love the buildup of the track it sounds like we're taking off doesn't it sounds like we're sounds like we're taking off and i just what now when we talk about cohesiveness this is the most cohesive project ever just ever and in my dreams is the is a great kickoff because it's so
1: lo-fi right Uh uh-huh nothing on here that is any like as lo-fi as this song there's there's one other song on the listing that's a little bit more lo-fi but there's way more going on with it that just that i'll get um i'll get there when, when when we get there but uh in terms of this like we said with, with in my dreams agreed great way to open up the project Oof. i thought commons uh little spoken word verbiage there like he really gave the project a lot of structure with that and purpose mm-hmm you if you just listen to it without the without the common uh you know spoken word or skits or whatever you kind of uh, narration i should say is probably the best yeah best, narrates it um loosely obviously comes in at the front shows up a couple other more times and then at the end but uh his narration here it gave it again uh more purpose than it would have without it and it really showed what this project was going to be about like you said uh Cuddy's realizing at this point, like, um, you know, I want things to work out how they are in my dreams and I'm realizing now that I can just be who I am and be who I want to be. And if I do that, I have a better chance of getting there than acting like somebody I'm not. And that was really just a well sentiment, uh, sentimented thing that he states in this very just stripped back lo-fi song. Mm -hmm. Like you said, has that atmospheric, Aesthetic to it, and you're like, I feel like I'm in out of space, or, or, or yeah. I'm,
0: like,
1: I'm like an astronaut. I'm, I don't know, uh-huh. like, or some shit. Like, I'm about to I go. feel like you're taking oh.
0: off. Seriously. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, overall, I thought it was a great opener.
1: Yeah, I really did. I almost, it was almost, I think, like, he almost did it in a way. I feel like he was reflecting on what we were about to, like, listen to throughout, because he seems a little bit more confident and not, well, actually, that's the wrong word, but. He, he's not really talking about a lot of the mental health and uh like insecurities and anxieties that he deals with obviously in this one song this to me almost felt like it could have been the ending song too because it felt like it was almost a reflection of what he's been through and what he's now mm-hmm. realized after
0: going okay. through
1: the project i don't know just a the thought there after kind of coming back mm-hmm.
0: No, that's a good thought. I didn't, I didn't even think about it that way. I just, I just thought of it as an opener, but it could, it could have easily been the final track on this project too. Looking back, but
1: yeah. And it goes right into uh, what I think is one of the biggest anthems of the late 2000s and early two, uh, 2010s. And there's two of them on here, in my opinion, uh, two, two just anthems where when you heard them at a party in high school or college or hanging out with friends. The, it was impossible not to sing along to these, and of course, I'm talking about soundtrack to my life. Uh, mm-hmm. No pun intended. This really kind of was the soundtrack to our lives in a lot of ways. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't. I can I can probably count, you know, or, and, and recall like numerous times where this was played in a, in a group of people that I was with, and it was just everybody stopped and was just like and just started singing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, soundtrack to my life, and like yeah, you know, one of those songs at the party. You stop and you're like, yeah, this is like. This is my, this is an anthem.
0: This is a classic. Mm -hmm. Now I feel that the thing is, uh, the, the people that I grew up around, they didn't really listen to Cudi. I feel I was like one of the only people that would listen to Cudi me and like three of my other friends, but everybody else was like really into like the hip hop, hip hop, like the mainstream hip hop. Don't get me wrong. This was mainstream, but Cudi was also like in his own lane. Oh, like yeah. he wasn't really that accessible to people.
1: Yeah, I can I can see that point because he wasn't I mean he he ended up be, being pretty readily on the um readily available on uh the radio and things like that and and played mm-hmm. but it, it, he wasn't you're right. He he wasn't somebody that a lot of people were talking about at that time. He wasn't like the name uh certainly wasn't. But this song I feel like was one of those songs that kind of just catapulted his career and when you look back on his career uh, it this is, has to be in i think in conversation with like some of his best songs he's ever created really oh yeah for
0: sure yeah
1: so it's, it's it's funny you didn't have the same experience with this song as i did because when it's interesting because now looking back this was a song that when it was played we it, we it was like there was like a positive connotation to it right like when it was played at a party or with friends or amongst other people or even by myself within context I I really obviously always felt very positive from this, like. But if you read the lyrics or you listen to the lyrics, it's so beat, like opposite of positive. I mean, mm-hmm. anywhere you point lyrically in this song, it's like, damn, this man's like going through it, and he's really got like he's he's <laughs> really going through some heavy depression, anxiety, you know, what, whatever whatever
0: you want to call that. Oh yeah, definitely. Um it, it it reminds me of um, you know the album Torches by Foster the People.
1: I do actually, yeah.
0: So that whole album so, Yep. That whole album is the most upbeat album you can ever listen to from start to back. But the lyrical content on those albums are so sad and they're so they're like i don't know this is full of like just negative emotions yeah and and like during that time that's when that album came out and the fact that we get a song that's exactly like like that's reminiscent of that album too it's kind of like oh what was going on at that time for people to make these amazing upbeat tracks with such somber like lyrical content
1: yeah like it was almost it was almost like we didn't realize what we were singing but (laughs) like when you when you really thought about it like I mean how many of I don't know just for me personally like at at that time like I was having a hard time finding who I like you said a little earlier finding who I really wanted to be Uh, I definitely was going through a lot of anxiety and and mental health things at the time and to hear someone else talking about it just was so liberating for not only me, and I, but maybe it was liberating for other people at the same time. So maybe like subconsciously we understood what it was about, and we all kind of realized like this is coming from a place of personal struggle. And if you've ever mm-hmm. struggled in your life, which is hopefully mostly everybody, because that's the one of the best ways to help you grow is is just going through some you know personal just crap that you that you wish you weren't going through. This is one of those moments where it's like, you know. I, I just I'm just gonna let out these emotions and this is who I am everything everything that's happened to me negative and positive has made me who I am and this is every moment is the the story of my life and I really thought he depicts that so nicely here um it would just lines at the end like of the song like like coming back to them just give me chills I, I am happy that's just the saddest lie how many times have you just how many times have you lied to your friends like oh yeah i'm good you know what i mean and you really were just like wish you could just
0: yeah you were really bummed and you wish you had someone to listen to you for sure for sure yeah. Uh, but yeah soundtrack to my life definitely embodies that um the the two they're like two contrasting sides like very sad uh subject matter and very upbeat kind of production goes together perfectly
1: so well together and still stayed stayed nicely like you like you were saying a little earlier with the cohesive uh space atmospheric sound a lot of the like almost sounds like you're in almost a galaxy at that point like you've taken off you've just got like you if you're, if you're the takeoff was was in my dreams now you're like you're really in it you're, you're in it yep in it. and it gives off such a galaxy type vibe uh yeah this is again one of the Highlights on the project and one of Cuddy's, in my opinion, best songs he's ever made. All
0: right.
1: And then we go from there to Simple As. Um, how did you feel about this track?
0: Um, I, overall, I just really enjoyed the groove and the, the sample in the background of the production. But other than that, I didn't really have too much to say about it. I thought this was just a good track by Cuddy.
1: Yep. I, I felt the same way. I liked the Michael Jackson uh, sample, like how he used it. Uh, but I agree. It's not the best in the listing here. Um, it, it's a bouncy, fun tune. I love the drums that are a little bit uh, exaggerated and in your face. Um, it's got, a, like you said, a nice, nice, you know, uh, bounce to it and groove, but it's it's nothing in the way of like some of his best work. It, it just is passable. It
0: works in the tracklist and it kind of keeps it moving. Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like he could have done without it too. Honestly, I, don't, I feel like we didn't even need the track and the track list. It was kind of a filler song.
1: It's funny. I feel that way twice. And this is one of the places, I agree with you, where I feel like a little bit filler. And I yeah. think, actually, to be honest, I think it would have went, this album would have been even better if you take out Simple As. And if you went from soundtrack to my life, straight to solo dolo, that lip and aesthetics. hmm hmm would have just been the craziest contrast. So I almost feel like, you're right, you didn't need Simple As, because what purpose did it really serve?
0: It didn't serve any purpose, really.
1: No, but Solo Dolo, Nightmare on the other hand. This was the other track I was was talking about when I met, like, there was another song in here that's lo-fi but has a ton going on. This is that
0: Mm -hmm. track. Oh, yes this track is amazing and it and it kind of like kicks off the second act of the project um the rise of the night terrors i was doing research and i saw that everyone that who posted a track list for this project they had it split up into acts and i'm like okay so and um uh common had a little monologue right after simple as as well so that kind of like gives it the structure that you were talking about before
1: yeah, yeah, Common recurs a few times as just a, as a narrator, uh, which, by the way, he isn't. He isn't he of like one of the most recognizable and like strong sounding voices. Like putting him up with like Morgan Freeman, you know, as like oh yeah, oh yeah, reading your eulogy, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> or like spewing off like a very like meaningful uh, sermon at church, or mm-hmm. like I like, uh, I don't know, they're like they would just be the best in terms of like oh a- for sure uh interesting though that the, you you mentioned this album is almost you know an axe um it, it, it doesn't show up that way on spotify but if you if you or apple but if you look into it you're absolutely right it's very similar to taboo which again mm-hmm. referencing the wall uh oh yeah in that sense where like it was with oh, oh yep <laughs> here you go where with taboo yeah. you go like light medium dark this is sort of uh, like it's more of a roller coaster in terms of this because we've had a little bit more mm-hmm. like, sounding songs with Soundtrack to My Life and Simple As and he gets a solo dolo and it's it almost sounds like a horror movie with Cuddy like ominously crooning over those like mm-hmm. that are like and he, and, he, and he spits it in such a serious cadence where it makes the whole, it just fit would fit so perfectly in, in a horror movie to make. It really captures that aesthetic like so well.
0: Yeah, he captures it perfectly, production's super eerie. And um, I just wish he did one thing on this project because the, the the I mean, not on the project, on this track, because this, this track is just so dark and kind of like gloomy, I wish he was humming on it. Cause the humming would have gave us another layer to that, to that, you know, that it would, it would just made a little bit, a little bit more disturbing, a little bit more frightening. I don't know why he was not humming on this track.
1: Cutter. It would have have fit it so well.
0: So well, so well. And you know, Cuddy, he has all the humming melodies in the world. He could have found a humming melody for solo. dolo It would have been perfect.
1: Yep. I don't know if you, obviously you remember from last week when I was, when we were talking about Kanye West, uh, and particularly used this gospel. And I was mentioning Kenny G, how his saxophone to me personally, is just so uh, recognizable. Cuddy's hums have to be one of the most recognizable
0: things. Recognizable, you know, yes. Those hums, you're like, uh, <laughs> that's that's exactly how I felt when I heard "Leader of the Delinquents." The first five seconds, he's humming. I'm like, oh shoot, Cuddy's back. We got Cuddy back.
1: Or like, or when uh, on Astro World, stop trying to be God. And you oh, go, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my god, mm-hmm. not credited <laughs> with it. Like in the actual like if you look on spotify or apple it doesn't give him literally like feature credits but if you look in obviously uh you just look up the the people that were the collaborate on the song like it says like kid cuddy hums like mm-hmm, and yeah oh my god travis that's that awesome so good so good i uh, know to get off on that tangent but that song is just oh my god one of my all time favorites from not only travis but uh james blake as well mm-hmm. but, uh yeah this it, it's definitely a really cool contrast coming from Soundtrack to My Life because it shows more of the darkness that like the aesthetic fits a lot better with some of the content he had on like a soundtrack to my life. But he furthers it a little bit more talking to just like how, you know, he was never really able to fit in when he was growing up, kind of had issues with who he was and being accepted, like really questioning him, like himself the entire time and like his motives. Um, I really, one of my favorite lines is actually comes from this this uh this song and how self-aware he is when he says when will i ever learn from the words in my songs mm. and Cuddy, so many people learned so much about themselves through your music like it, it but it's the exact same thing of like some people when we give good we give good advice we don't take it you know this is true so i thought yeah. that was such a good sort of uh testament to that that feeling of of not fitting in and just questioning who you are and it just gave it up that that total, but then it flips again. Like that's why I mentioned, like the roller coaster of not only aesthetically, but really the content. the song like "Heart of a Lion," yeah, definitely more upbeat, uh, bouncy, eight hundred eight, uh, very psychedelic keys that are worked in, and it feels very grand and almost like again, it, every every song aesthetically fits so well with like what he's trying to say because y- you feel like almost a little bit braver after listening to a song like this. I
0: mm-hmm, definitely, definitely, yeah. and and it's like. Um... The album is literally just an emotional roller coaster ride of like self trying to figure yourself out and understanding what you're dealing with mentally. We went from solo dolo, something super dark, to heart of a lion. It's like <laughs> all over the place. And that's kind of like uh he's just kind of like showing people like this is just how the emotions function. One minute you might be feeling like you're the top you're at the top of the world, you're at the top of your game. And then the next you're down and hopeless and you, that's it. So I think he captures that that pretty well especially going from track number 4 to track number 5.
1: Oh, absolutely. I completely agree with that. This one's definitely more of an up, uplifting feeling mm-hmm. and, and he's more talking about just like not being broken by like the people that are around you. Oh, really just having hard skin essentially. Just, you know, at the end, nobody can break me, nobody's gonna get to me, you know, even even though I've let people maybe get to me in the past, like, I want to change that about myself. And I have a, heart of a lion. And I don't know, I feel like that, that positive self talk that you need to have, when you're somebody that deals with a lot of mental health and really uh, mental health you know, issues and confidence issues and not being, you know, be able to see yourself in a positive light, like, these are the types of messages that are so important to tell yourself. And I feel like, Cuddy shows it in 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 a non corny way, yeah, and and even like you say, I know I know we've gone from the roller coaster of the sounds, but doesn't it? It still it still sounds so cohesive.
0: Yes, we still have that cohesion there. That oh my gosh, the, uh, another thing to say. We we both know that Kid Cuddy is um, how do I how do I say this? He dabbles with weed, you know, he likes weed, and he uh-huh. likes.
1: I didn't notice after 11.
0: <laughs> you know, it's like um, a lot of people will, um, a lot of rappers who rap about weed kind of just rap about, hey, I'm about to roll up, blah blah blah, quarter pound, blah blah this, blah blah blah. The way Cuddy puts it together, he makes it an experience, and I feel like that's that's one of the um, that's one of the elements that just showcases itself especially when with a lot of the songs on here, there's this level of like ascension. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that comes with because of his brand as well, because he kind of dabbles with that, but I don't know. That's just what I think.
1: No, I, I don't, I don't think yeah, I agree with you that he talks about marijuana in, in in a way that's not glamorizing it. He's more talking about the fact that he, he uses it as like a crutch and that he understands that it's not, you know, the most, uh, you know, um, uh, good, but it's not really the best way to, to deal with his problems, but it's the best way he knows how at the time, you mm-hmm. know, I think that's where he kind of comes with it. And he realizes that um, it creatively, it creatively maybe takes him to a place where he needs to be sometimes as an artist. Um, I mean, you have seen this for, I mean, not, not even just, you know, weed, but like psychedelic drugs with throughout, I mean, the test of time, in terms of, you know, being influences on, on artists. I mean, there are bands from, I mean, the sixties and seventies that were, that used to, that have come out and be like, Oh yeah, I was tripping on acid or I was high on shrooms or whatever, whatever they want to, whatever they want to say to basically say, Oh, this is, this is the headspace I needed to be in order to make this, this music. So. But uh, we get to the next track on here right before Day and Night is My World. You're fist pumping. So I, th- I think that means this is this is your jam. Cuddy calls his shot on this song.
0: We're going to be living in his world. This is my favorite track on the whole project. Except for the fact that he's not humming. <laughs> Cuddy, I need more hums from you. But I personally, one, I like the message of the track. Um, it's kind of like, low low in the dumps to high and triumphant. And the production matches that perfectly. Oh, my goodness. The verse is very calm. Um, and there's like a, a bit of a buildup there. But once the chorus comes in, everything is just super expansive. Oh, my gosh. And the cohesiveness of the project is still intact sonically on here. Mm-hmm. This man can do no wrong. He can do no
1: it's a powerful song, man. Like, uh-huh. Very intimate, but it, it, it's powerful at the same time. I love the subtle. This is what I was talking about a little earlier with the violins. The subtle violin on this song mm-hmm. almost transforms it in the second half, the way that, it, that the strings are used, that chord uh, with the violin. Oh, man. It is just it, – it's, it's really a moment where, you know, after a track like Heart of a Lion – he still is riding that confidence. Like this will be my world. I am going to, I don't think he means like, I'm going to take over the world. That's, but he's saying that, you know, this is going to be like my time's coming, right? Yes. Everyone's going to see who I am and the world that I live in and, and who I am as a human being. And I mean, he's right. He calls a shot. He, he does it. And I think he shows off some really nice vocal range on this, on uh, this song too, especially towards the very end with like that grand piano that he uses to kind of finish. Uh yeah, for sure. I, this, is a good, this is a good track, man. I wouldn't say it's yeah. my favorite, but it's definitely in the top. I'd say maybe five or six.
0: Okay. It's definitely my favorite for sure. But um, you did say something about earlier about him kind of like singing off key. When I first heard this track, I was like, I was kind of like caught off guard. I was like, all right, this song started off so slow, then got super, super grand. And then after that, just the way he was singing, he's kind of singing in a way where anyone feels like they could sing along. They could like sing the way he's singing. Cause it's nothing crazy. He's not doing anything crazy, but the melody and the fact that he's kind of like digging deep to get it out of him, stuff like that. It just makes it a little bit more appealing. I don't know.
1: I think it's the, the emotion that he uses in his, the way he sings. I think that's part of it that makes it so passable. But I'll, I agree with you. And, but I think that's also the point. Like he's, he's shown not only in his lyricism, but in who he is as an artist that he has flaws just like anybody, but he's not afraid to use them. And he, he made it okay. I think like he, he gave other people the green light to sing out of tune and sing out of key and, and, and made it mainstream appeal. Like he was mm-hmm. one of I really do feel this way. He was one of the first, especially in hip hop to do this. And for it to be something that I think a lot of people ended up really, really having a lot of influence from. So the way in which that he, he does this throughout this project. And and I love what you said about him finding really good melody because he does that a ton on this project. And it, it's definitely one of the highlights of the whole thing that he's able to create such a harmony yet doesn't sing in tune or in key it's really profound it's very unique and for and sure i haven't really seen i'm trying to think of somebody else maybe like a that that we we praise this much for singing out of tune like i don't know maybe a little uzi vert might be another guy that that when he gets into some of his um sing song or sing songy hi-hat or he's I mean, not hi-hat but more higher tuned vocals that I mean they're not exactly the best pitched but it's the emotion is so there and people connect to it so much that it just it gets a pass you know so um and then this song goes right from my world goes into day and night which is the first song that I ever heard from Cuddy.
0: yeah I this song is just a classic. There's really nothing to say, honestly. There's no gripes at all. Day and night is a classic.
1: <laughs> like if you want to talk about <laughs> like, these synths are so glossy and give oh. give the, the just the continuous spacey, atmospheric sort of aesthetic that we get throughout this project. I mean, it is mm-hmm. like, this is like the one that is just like so rooted in that. And it is such a good showcase of who Cuddy really is. And this was such a good introduction to Cuddy because most people that have heard didn't really hear um, a kid named Cuddy uh, before this, I think I heard one song off of it before. Um, but I almost went back to it. Like Day and Night was the first Cuddy song I ever heard. And yeah, it, I, the cover is still like the, the single cover is
0: still in my yep. I remember it like, mm-hmm. you know. I feel like um, if, if I were to introduce this album to somebody and they were like, oh, play me the first track, I would not play day and night. I would let the listener experience that for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There's just nothing bad about this track. This is literally the quintessential Cuddy track right here. Yes. This is the one. <laughs> this is the one, especially for that era, that, um, that era of music that he was in. Everything from the production, the, the galactic feeling you get, this out-of-world feeling that you get in the production, all of it, it's all on there. And we still get a little bit of the, like, just his mental thought process, where he is mentally, the anxiety, all of that stuff is there on this track.
1: Yeah, yeah. And him, obviously, like we're saying, like, his dependence on, you know, substances, like, mm-hmm. like and things like that. So he obviously, and he, and he does it in such a, in my opinion, um, in a, um, in a way that is very almost nuanced, you know what I mean? I, it doesn't, it doesn't come off immature. Um, it, it's definitely it's definitely a good reflection really of where, like you said, where he's at mentally. So I, I love this track. I mean, it's like I said, it's, it's, it's just classic Cuddy. It is, it is the quintessential Cuddy track, as you mentioned. Uh, the next track in the listing is sky might fall. Uh, for me, man, honestly, this is like sneakily one of the best songs on the album and, and how relevant is this song right now? Like sky might fall. Yeah.
0: True. Has,
1: has the sky not fallen in the last you know, <laughs> few months with this whole pandemic?
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. This track is, it, it's a great track. Um, it's not one of the standouts for me though. I think it just kind of fits into the track list perfectly.
1: Interesting. Um, it's
0: not like as simple as simple as where we could just remove that track i feel like this track has a solid place right here especially since it's um the beginning of act three um where we're like taking a trip and day and night is the is the start of the trip and i feel like the sky might fall is where he's like coming down from it
1: yeah yeah like coming back to the reality that the issues that he still has in his life yeah i think the for me the biggest takeaway from this song is really the sentiment that you just you can't you can't focus or worry about the things that you can't control in your, in your life. And he's, the sky might fall, but you know what? I'm not worried at all. And, and it's a little Dr. Susie, but <laughs> I like the atmosphere. I think the key mix with the drums, I, just, I like uh-huh. the melodies of, of the album personally for me and a song I've come back to quite a bit over the years, man. This is sneakily one of the better tracks for me on, on yeah. the project. Uh, a song that I didn't love as much, though, as Intergalactic. personally. Uh, definitely a little bit more iconic uh, and bedroom pop. Um, but I, I can't say that this song has aged super well out of the rest of the track listing. Personally, I don't know.
0: I'm, like, on the other side. I, I really enjoyed this track. No way. I just like the fact that he was able to to give us, like, a love story that is like tied into that outer world aesthetic and atmosphere that he's like presenting throughout this the whole project i just think the song is very fun and just has like some very nice dance appeal to it and lyrically you know it's about love and he's able to do it with within this um element and i think he executed it pretty well and it also reminds me of my world um where He's kind of singing off pitch, but it's passable. He makes it work.
1: Always does. He really does. Um, with this song, I just felt like the verses, like his energy in the verses, is so like lethargic and weak, in my opinion. I I, I like the the bouncy, like you said, uh, like groovy, almost bedroom pop. Like I said, sound in um, and, and the hook, and, and I find the hook to be fun, but as a whole song, it kind of loses my interest a little bit. Uh, Just, just me personally, not, not, not one of my favorites here. I wouldn't get rid of it by any means, but um, it's not one of those songs where like with simple as where I could probably like completely do without it. But um, I think it, it, it breaks up the album pretty well and, and and gives it something fresh that it hasn't had yet in the, in the listing. Um, And then alive with Ra, uh, with Ratatat where he does again, where he implements uh, a um, an instrument that really hasn't been there the entire time with that electric guitar, but it's super slick. I think it's a great addition to like the instrumental palette that he has brought throughout this entire this entire album. Really, um, some of my favorite ad libs on the song on the album uh, are on this song. I think the tempo is awesome, and I think that last verse, man, he just like snaps. One of his best like rapped verses on the whole project to me, where he switches oh, yeah. patterns and his rhymes mm-hmm. and like that. So this was this was another highlight for me. I, I loved this track.
0: Yeah, I love this track as well. Um, just mainly just for the sound. Um, I do like that main melody in the production. I don't know, it's it kind of sounds like sirens. That's the only word that came to mind when trying to describe that sound. It was just like sirens. And it was like I liked how it was like ascending and descending the whole time. It was kind of like are like bringing your emotions like left and right and the sounds were just kind of all over the place but it was still like in a pocket where it was still how do i say consistent yeah with but um absolutely yeah but um yeah overall i thought this was just a solid track um i actually do revisit this track a lot but mainly for production reasons
1: mm-hmm. doesn't the produ- i don't know about you but the, to me the production literally feels like he's about to transform into like some kind of werewolf. Like he's at like the top of like some cliff with (laughs) like over the top. You can see everything, right? At the aesthetic I'm feeling. And then boom, he's like, becomes like, like a a werewolf or some shit. Mm -hmm. Like like where it takes me. But, and and that's what I love about this album so much is that he, he paints some of those pictures so well for you, for, for the listener. Um, This probably is my favorite track on the project Ah, uh, yes we <laughs> you know what's interesting and I, and I love this you and I we don't we don't agree very often on like favorite track no, not on a lot of things favorite tracks like just our perspectives and I think that's what makes some of these conversations so cool is that we, we both mm-hmm. do different angles I feel like a lot of people will be able to relate to you and people uh, and on the flip side some people will be able to relate to like my story and how I feel about some of this stuff but I don't know you, you're nodding so it looks like Cuddy <laughs> your favorite too yeah
0: (laughs) amazing track amazing and it's still this track along with my world they both kind of give me that triumph that triumphant feeling and they both feature the element of take off the best on here Mm -hmm. both of these tracks you're literally taking off yep on my world and Cuddy Zone. i don't know this
1: track is just so vibrant isn't it it just it it's the I can't even explain it in words. And usually I'm pretty good. This is, you know what I'm usually pretty good at, but I can't even explain it in words in terms of like what this song feels like. Like I, I just, I love the sound, like you said, the sound, the whole aesthetic, the violins on the hook that are paired with like just his super passionate delivery. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, very triumphant, like finding his zone, right? Like finding peace with himself and tapping into like the innermost part of who he is and and trying to just like block out the, uh, the outside noise and things like that. I I just, I just think that topically, thematically, sonically, like this whole, this whole song came together so, so well. And yeah, it does have a lot of similar, uh, you know, components that a song
0: like my world does. Yeah. Um, I feel like this song feels like he's coming to life. I feel like this is where Cuddy is kind of done or like where he's not overcome but he's um, he realized that he's bigger than any of the mental issues that he's dealing with the negative energy that's around him and he's like like you said before like the title of the track he's in his zone and he's, fi- and he's finding his power
1: mm-hmm. yeah and this is this is the song that like I think this is one of the more peaks for me in the album where like I'm just, I'm in. And he has me just, he has me in every which way. <laughs> he really does. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, make or say. Ah, uh, <laughs> such a missed opportunity. It hasn't aged well. This is one of those two tracks that I just think that have not aged super well, and this is one of them. I, I, I like mm-hmm. use of the Gaga sample. Uh, it almost sounds like boom bap ish, but it, it just, it doesn't do it for me. And I just feel like when, if you had Cuddy, Kanye in common, if you were to tell me those three were going to be on a track and you showed me, and you showed me this, I would one would be confused and, and a little bit disappointed.
0: Yeah, I can see, you know, why we're confused. Cause, um, right. We, this song comes after Cuddy's own. It kind of like messes up the whole flow of the project almost. Doesn't
1: it feel wicked out of place? Like doesn't it not feel like it, it should
0: be here? It shouldn't, it shouldn't be here. Now, given the track listing, common, Kanye, and Cudi, I was expecting some something crazy. Definitely brilliant. Right. Yeah, something brilliant.
1: it just it's okay. I mean, they both they all spit like cool verses. They all kind of flow over it. The hook, I mean, uh, it's it's decent i mean the, there's um some nice dj scratches that they throw in in the second half of the hook or, or the second part when it when it recurs in the second part of the hook that's 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 decent i think gives it a little bit more uh you know makes them a little bit more dynamic this song though reminds me so much do you remember the charles hamilton track brooklyn girls do you remember that song from way back no. go back and listen to that song and it, it reminds me of a song from like that era of rap, where like the samples were used like very readily. You don't hear a lot of like samples like this, like the recurring uh, high-pitched thing, like you do here in particular. I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. I just it didn't feel like it fit. It was definitely almost a detour. Uh, it would have made more sense after Intergalactic, to be honest yeah. with does Cuddy zone that that might be one of the problems i think is with this album is the sequencing one of the
0: yeah but that's just yeah definitely i feel like this track should have just been a bonus because it's like why would you place this track right in between pursuit of happiness and cutty zone
1: that doesn't make sense i get i get he's been going with this roller coaster of emotions and different sounds but I'm with you. It, it, it was, it's the one track that doesn't feel like it fits here. It doesn't fit the yeah. aesthetic. It
0: doesn't, it doesn't even have a spacey... Yeah, like, I don't even feel like I'm on the moon anymore. I feel like I just went right back to Earth. And I'm like, dude, I was just in outer space with you. <laughs> Why am I on Earth again?
1: Yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm stuck in a, in a 2009 just radio hit that is going to get lost on people in a year. Like, you know what I mean? It, it It just it was so frustrating to hear these three get on a track and just not give us something that was really, really profound. it just it just didn't it didn't hit.
0: And yeah, I get it. We were getting some like cool wordplay about you know fallatio, but dude, like who cares <laughs> It has nothing to do with this whole nothing al- to do with this whole album.:
1: The song stinks. we move on to. <sighs> basically the second iconic probably the most iconic i would say this is more iconic than than soundtrack to my life well yeah probably the most iconic song in Cuddy's discography and of course i'm talking about pursuit of happiness with ratatat mgmt which we talked about you know at the very beginning of this episode you just mentioned um again this is another one of the songs i don't know about you i don't but this is for me you know in college high school where if this was if this came on a shuffle at a party or amongst friends people stopped what they were doing and sang along to it you know what i mean that's just the way that this song was and boy oh boy did everything about this song from whether you want to talk about the keys or just the again the again the atmospheric uh you know spacey uh feeling you get from this or to the lyricism everything about this track is just beyond iconic
0: yeah and my favorite part about the track is when it just breaks down to just uh, where it's just the production playing. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I, don't, I think it was – was it Ratatat or MGMT that was responsible for that? Whoever was responsible for that section.
1: Whoever it was. Which, which, whichever one of them it was.
0: Whichever one of them it was,
1: great. Yeah. Oh, and isn't just the harmony in the hook – it's it's just it's it's indescribably recognizable like you hear it you're like oh yeah that's pursuit of happiness I mean I don't know how much uh more more really more you could want out of out of Cuddy when when you think about some of his best I mean this is this is I mean that that line that not I know it's 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 cliche but he he made it like you know even more iconic than it was where I, you know, I keep using that word, but uh, that uh, not everything that shine, you know, is going to be gold or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that he, he just, you know, gave it such purpose when, you know, he's talking about obviously like pursuing what makes you happy in life and being young and learning from your mistakes and just trying to have fun as much as you possibly can, but also, you know, while doing the right thing at the same time, looking forward to obtaining success, but at the same time understanding and reflecting upon like the most important parts of your life and knowing that those things will come if you just stay the course. And besides make or say we have stayed the course and you know, this Mm -hmm. perfect song, like nothing wrong with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This track was amazing. 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 And this was the one track where I remember uh, back when I first listened to Cudi um, Soundtracks of my life, this whole album no one really knew but Pursuit of Happiness everyone knew that track. Everyone knew Pursuit of Happiness. 100%. No one no one missed that track. It didn't matter what genre of music you listened to, you knew Pursuit of Happiness.
1: Exactly. 100%. It's it's again, it's one of my opinion, and probably the most memorable and I like it keeps using iconic but iconic songs of mm-hmm. of the 2000s yes. and, and into the 2010s. I mean, I, yes. I it was used on so many set like soundtracks on movies, it was remixed. I don't, I couldn't tell you how many times it was remixed. Uh, that track's just incredible. Uh, a track, I think gets really overlooked in this listing is higher to me. I love how smooth and jazzy and almost G funk. It sounds, Mm -hmm. it it really felt almost like the guys from the Midwest bringing that, that G funk sound to their place. And, and, a guy like Mick Jenkins, for example, has has brought that that sound, that jazzy sound, um, into hip hop for sure. Just a name, like just guy that came off the top of my head, but um, yeah, I, I love this song a ton. I think it went by Chip the Ripper at this time, but really uh, now King Chip. Uh, this song this song sounds super cinematic, but yet it's very like low tempo which yeah. I love that contrast that they're able to like uh, achieve with, with some of the, some of the instrumentation here.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I agree with everything that you said. Um, I really enjoy the melody. It's literally a get high anthem, very soup, like relaxed, very slow track. It came together very well. Um, and I feel like uh, it's towards the end. So, I mean, it, it fits. Not gonna lie, I mean sonically, it's not cons really consistent with what's going on with the project with all the tracks before. But I think it def it definitely has a place here, just given who Cudi is.
1: It fits better than Maker Say does. I mean, yes, <laughs> I think anything does at this point. Um, yeah, no, I, I I'll, honestly too. The one other thing I want to bring up about this track is the fact that Cudi like really. Uh, is one of the more passionate deliveries he's had on the whole album, which is a bit ironic given how kind of, like you said, relaxed this vibe is. And especially uh, King Chip or Chip the Ripper, whatever you want to call him at this point, uh, Chip the Ripper at the time, the way he spit over this instrumental was, it fit the aesthetic very well, very relaxed, very smooth. Mm-hmm. I actually think Cuddy coming in and rapping a little bit more aggressively did the track well. So personally, I, I thought that that was just a really cool contrast that, that, that they were able to achieve with it. And then last but not least, you have up, up and away. I, I, I don't think there's a better, I know there's a deluxe edition. We won't, we're not going to review the yeah. del- stop at this yeah. track, but for me, I love this ending. I think everything about this song is Epic. The hook is Epic. Uh, it's so feel good and uplifting after this like roller coaster of introspection and mental health concerns and emotions and anxieties and you know just him basically saying eff it in the end they're going to judge me no matter what I do and what I say so this is me this was me boom here it is and i think he does it in an aesthetic that is just so just I don't know, just uplifting.
0: Yeah, it's like very uplifting and it's 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 definitely a, a, a very uh, accessible track on here for sure. Um, I do like the guitar instrumentation on here and I do like the fact that he borrowed from so many different genres and he did it well on here. This was a solid ending to the project. Yeah. Without Make Her Say, of course. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you were to pick... I don't know. We'll say three tracks from three here. three tracks. Yeah. Three of your favorite, which were which three are you, are you, are you vibing with?
0: Uh, the three that I'm vibing with my world. Mm-hmm. I'm vibing with Cuddy zone. <laughs> my world, Cuddy zone and pursuit of happiness.
1: I like it. It's so hard. I'm, I'm definitely going to go Cuddy zone. I think that's one of the most overlooked Cuddy songs of all time. Ah, uh, shit. Uh, yeah, Cuddy Zone, Pursuit of Happiness. I hate to be boring, but yes, and Soundtrack to My Life because I think I've just listened to them so many times. It's hard to leave a song like Solo Dolo out, uh, just how much I love the, the dark contrast of, of that song, in particular, it's like the rest of the project. But yeah, those three, those three tracks were the ones that, I'd, that I've definitely played the most. And then I think the worst to me here, are probably Simple As and, and Maker Say, I, I think that if you left both these songs off, you wouldn't skip a beat.
0: Yep. I agree.
1: Yep. And yeah, overall, it's is like my favorite Cuddy album. It's a formative album for me. It was one of the albums that, you know, made me appreciate and, and like hip hop even more than I already did after I heard this. And it was an album that I really just connected with and on a lot of levels um, personally, spiritually, you know, it, it was, it was definitely a listen for me that um, has s- stood the test of time.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely stood the test of time and it's most definitely ahead of its time, especially nowadays given the fact that, you know, mental health is a huge huge thing, like all of a sudden. Like all of a sudden it's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um for cuz for a long time mental health was not really um a focus for whoever studies mental health, psychologists or psychiatrists. There was definitely a focus, but in terms of like really putting it in the forefront and realizing it in music, I feel like the past three years has really been when mental health has really, you know, like been, you know, examined a lot more. And I think Cuddy Zone was ahead of was ahead of his time. He was giving us he was talking to us about mental health before we really knew what mental health was.
1: Especially in mainstream music. It was it was Ex- in, Exactly. Uh, in mainstream music. And mm-hmm. no he was able to bring it to the mainstream. In a way, and like I said, this is the craziest, almost ironic part of it that these themes people are belting out pursuit of happiness and soundtrack to my life at you know, you know, in big gatherings and parties and things like that. You know, singing these songs in harmony, happy, but in reality, there's such a dense, uh, you know, like you're saying, a, a densely dark, you know, it comes from a definitely a densely dark place, so it's really. Um, it's interesting that these songs serve the purpose that, or have served the purpose that they that they do and that they have in society, you know, given what they're about. It's just it's just it's something that is at the time was so difficult to pull off, and really still is. I mean, if if, if you're trying to be, you know, somebody that is introspective and in tune with, you know, your emotions, and you're an artist. You're right. It's a lot easier nowadays to be your music to be accepted in in that way. Um, so and I but Cuddy was one of those people that went for it before it was really like before it was cool to talk about, mm-hmm. she, you know.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: Cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Kid Cuddy, Man on the Moon. Uh really gra- uh, glad that we were able to chop it up and talk about this album. An album, like I said, that is definitely one of my favorites. Of all time and receives high praise from both of us uh, for a classic album review. And thank you guys for tuning into today's episode, Odin's. Thank you again for being here with us and doing this again. We have yet another one coming for you guys. We got a little series going on, uh, and I am so excited for that. So I'm thinking, all right, so real quick before we get into what we call what's coming next, what do you want to see from Cuddy coming next?
0: Oh um okay so his last project was kind of a it was more leaning towards like um it's not exactly r&b but it's kind of like his iteration of uh you know heartfelt music Mm -hmm. um before that he gave us the shenanigans that was no one could listen to i don't even want to talk about that album so where do i want to see him go i kind of want to see him revisit um, some of his like older themes. Uh, now, in terms of the sound, I don't know how I would like for him to do it, but Leaders of the Delinquent the the is definitely a sound that I'm vibing with. That um, kind of has that that '90s feel.
1: Yeah, it's all you know,
0: cool. that '90s feel. If he could like give me like a rap album with his like you know quirks and and little intricacies and ad libs, I'm, I'm for that 100% Mm hundred percent. So something a bit more, um, uh, like late nineties modernized with Kid Cudi's flavor. That would be dope
1: i i'm i'll just second that and leave it there because i think i would i totally agree and i and I for sure agree that a leader of the delinquents is a song that or an aesthetic and a vibe that i'm definitely down with cuddy doing i think he sounds really great over it and i would love to see a project that embodies a sound like that so i'm totally in agreement with you there and yeah so hopefully we we get that kid cuddy album coming this year but for now guys i would I think it's, it's definitely good that we have this music to, to go back to with Cuddy, especially during this time, uh, oh, yeah. during a time of introspection uh, and, and reflection. This is an album that is, is definitely one to, to tune back to. Uh, so next I'm thinking next. we had a few, we had a few on the docket. So should we go a Boston artist next or should we go, should we go the other one that we were thinking?
0: Um, I think we should save the Boston one for last. I think it's a good idea.
1: So I'm thinking Frank Ocean's Blonde.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro. Dude, I'm excited for this one. I'm excited for this one. Dude, oh, yeah.
1: can't
0: wait. I'm definitely excited for that one. Dude, I, I was thinking maybe we should do one more. Make it, a, make it like an even five? Like an even five, yeah. I was thinking just one more album. I'm in for that. Hell yeah. I was I was thinking Cherry Bomb by Tyler the Creator. Ooh. I don't know. What, whatever you think. You know, you
1: Yeah, we can we I can check this. I uh yeah, I'm down I'm down to do a Tyler album, no doubt. Cherry Bomb would be would be one to get into.
0: Oh yes yeah,
1: A lot of people forget about Cherry Bomb. hmm That's that's one that's yeah, that, that yeah, I like I like that. Let's do it.
0: Yeah. So yeah. next week we got Blonde. Oh my, I'm
1: excited for this one. Yeah, this I'm is like one of my, one of the ones I'm, I'm really excited for. So I can't wait. Anyway. Cool. Definitely. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning back into our show, uh, to our little uh, album review series, Odin's and I got going. Uh, please make sure to follow us both on Instagram, follow us both on, um, on uh, YouTube or subscribe to our YouTube channels. Uh, please, if you uh, hit us uh, a link, uh, hit us with a like, excuse me. Um, if you're enjoying what we're doing here, uh, we're already getting some good uh, uh, good feedback from from our first collaboration, I was I was noticing. So I'm I'm, ex- I'm glad people are people are tuning in and liking what we're doing here. And uh, we were going to be back for three more album reviews with Odin's, and, and we can't wait to do it. So uh, thank you so much, Odin's, for tuning uh, for being here, and thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, I'm Mike, and class is dismissed.
0: Turn, 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 turn.